Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, welcome back to Voice in the Modern Wilderness. Uh, it's been a long time since I had a podcast on this uh, on this uh, series. It's been kind of dormant for a while, but decided to bring it back to life. So here we are. Uh, we'll officially call this season two, <laughs> since we really never ended season one, which you know started about two or so years ago. But anyways. Without further ado, my name is Greg Walden, so we're going to talk about, for our first episode of Season 2, we're going to talk about, can wrestling be tied into your spiritual walk? Now, some I probably lost some people here, like, what are you talking about, Greg? How can, I mean, wrestling, you tell me these guys in spandex throwing each other across the ring and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, how can that even be close to anything spiritual? Well, we're going to tie this in, but first and foremost, I want to uh, ask everybody to keep my friend Rob Vaughn in in prayer. Um, uh, He uh, had had an emergency over the past weekend, but he's doing fine now. He's out of the hospital and ask uh, continued prayer for him and keep him up and strong and feeling good. And and, uh, we know God's got a ministry for him. He's in the ministry already. He's been doing an excellent ministry for the last 20 or so years. With the Christian Wrestling Federation, he actually founded that organization, um, and uh, we got to—I got the honor and privilege of uh, going to three of the events: uh, two in Texas, where he's uh, where they're home based at, and he actually came up to Grace Point Assembly of God in Carthage uh, about a week or so ago, and got to see him up there. Um, he's an awesome guy. He's got—he's got—he's a wonderful person, wonderful wife. The Christian Wrestling Federation, all the wrestlers are awesome people, man. And so, guys, uh, I uh, encourage you to go out uh, Christian Christian Wrestling uh, website, and they also have a Facebook page, and they also stream some live events uh, from time to time. So, uh, go check these guys out. Um, I got to see about what fifty something fifty something people get saved when they came up to our church uh, about a week or so ago. It's an awesome ministry, and uh, they've had about twenty thousand or so folks uh, come to Jesus uh, throughout their 20 or 21 year uh, ministry. So it's an, it's an excellent outreach to those uh, in, in the community. A lot of people who normally wouldn't go to church, but they'll go to a wrestling event. So they get to hear the word of God and hear the message of salvation through that ministry. And so many people have come to Jesus because of that ministry. And so I'm very thankful. I'm very excited uh, that, you know, Rob made it made it through the through the emergency. He's back up on his feet. He's doing well. He's back home, and we just pray for that God will give him a continued recovery and continued healing, get him feeling better, back on back a hundred percent, and look forward to seeing him and all the other Christian wrestlers uh, soon. So, um, so uh, back to our topic. All right. Um, how does Christian? How does Christian? I can't talk today. How does wrestling tie into our Christian walk? All right. So, if any of you guys are familiar with wrestling, I mean, you can even the secular wrestling, you know, the WWE, WCW, and stuff like that. Uh, they have a standard format. You know, obviously there's a ring. You have one or two wrestlers on each side, tag team, the different type of matches. But you have, you know, a t- uh, one person, you know, opponent A against opponent B. And they go out and then do their wrestling thing. And eventually 
one of them gets a pin, a three count, and they, they win a match. Or sometimes, you know, every once in a while, you'll see a uh, disqualification or or somebody, you know, you know, stuff like that. But anyways, we're just going to talk about standard format. All right, so basically you have one opponent in one corner. You have another opponent in another corner. And you have a referee who, who's there to kind of make sure that everybody obeys rules. And he also does a you know, three count or, you know, 20 count whenever the guys go out the ring. But so... And uh, so, anyways, in our spiritual walk, I mean, we're we're going. We're the Bible says that that uh, that we you know we're in a war, we're in a spiritual battle. And so, if you don't think wrestling is not in the Bible, let me point you to Ephesians six twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So wrestling is stated in the Bible. The Bible says we wrestle. But our wrestle, our wrestle, our battle is not against human people. It's not against mankind. It's not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against the, the devil and the demons. And for those who don't know the background, uh, Satan used to be an angel in heaven. His name was Lucifer. Uh he wanted to be like God, and when he think you know he wanted to be just like God, so he convinced one third of the angels to rebel against God, which was a you know moot uh, a effort in futility because there's no way <laughs> there's no way Lucifer could have unseated God. I mean it was it was he lost before he even thought the thought to do it. So anyways, he got his butt whipped, got to, you know you, you paraphrase it, and along with him and along with the one third of the angels got kicked out of heaven. And that's when Lucifer became Satan, the devil, and uh, third, the third of the angels that got kicked out became demons. Now, now, uh, so in God, you know, during in creation, God created man and woman in His own image, uh, and they were put in the garden, and everything is perfect. God only gave them one command: Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you'll surely die. But they could eat of any other uh, fruit in the in the uh, garden. I mean, they were pretty much totally free. They only had one commandment. They, they, only, they only had one thing they could not do. They were free to do everything else, but the one thing they could not do. So everything was hunky dory, and Eve's walking around, and of course, there's the devil. This comes up in the form of a serpent, and looks at Eve and says, "Hey, look at that! Look at that! Ain't that delicious?" So Eve. Looked at that uh, fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and saw that the uh, fruit was good, good for food. And the de- devil goes, "Hey, didn't God say you can't uh, have that? Have that?" And then Eve kind of overstated and said, "Well, God said we can't touch it, or we'll surely, you know." So like, wait a minute. So the devil didn't bother to correct her overstatement. He just let her go on and on. So he he got you know. So Eve Eve didn't know the word of God obviously because she misstated it so let's look in the uh, let's look in the Bible real quick guys I'm working on one screen here so hold on just a second and we'll get to that verse Bible alrighty read the Bible go to Genesis alright so let's go to the chapter where we Genesis 2 I believe Actually, Genesis 3, sorry. We'll find here. 
This is live, guys. So we're doing it. But we're doing it. We're doing it uh, in live uh, format here. All right. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Now listen to this. He said to the woman, "Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden?" Notice what the devil did was try to get Eve to question God. He actually said, "Did God actually say?" So he's he's getting her to doubt, getting her to question. Now, now if you know God plainly told them what they couldn't do. God said plainly, He said, "You cannot eat of this fruit, or you'll surely die." But Eve didn't obviously didn't didn't uh, remember that verbatim. So the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, trees in the garden." But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So God didn't say you couldn't touch it. He said you couldn't eat it. But Eve added that in there. And then the serpent said to the woman, You sh will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who also was with her, and he ate. Then both of their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So not only did the devil get Eve to doubt what God said or question what God said. He tempted her with the same thing that he wanted to do because the devil wanted to be like God. So the devil used that line on Eve. Hey, you can be like God. So, you know, I, you know so there, there they go. He used the same line on Eve that he wanted to do in the original sin that he committed, which was he wanted to be like God and he rebelled. So now he's basically throwing that line on Eve. Of course, Eve gave to Adam, and we don't see Adam asking any questions or nothing. He just ate it. <laughs> I mean, we all want to dog Eve, but at least Eve had some dialogue, man. Adam's like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I'm like, Adam didn't say a word. He just, nom, 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 nom. I'm like, I was like, man, you know, at least Eve said something. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a joke of it, but at least Eve you know, said something, Adam just ate it. I mean, he didn't even, didn't even bother to, hey, hey, Eve, uh, we're not supposed to eat this fruit, or God said not to eat this fruit, Eve. Eve, what are you doing? He didn't, he just picked it up and ate it. So, yeah, Adam, and, you know, that's a story of males from then on. <laughs> but anyways, back, you know, anyway, so basically, what we get from the story of Adam and Eve is that we have an adversary. And obviously, Adam and, Adam and Eve's adversary wasn't flesh and blood. I mean, they were the only two people alive at the time. But their adversary was the devil. The devil came and, and, uh, and got them to sin. So let's look up. Now, we're going to look up some uh, definitions. Because we want to know what the definition of... of our adversary is. So let's look it up in the dictionary. If I can find it here. All right. 
Uh, oh, on a second, that's not the right word. Uh, Miriam. All right, so the definition of Satan. One of, he's also he's called the accuser. He's also known as the adversary. So he's he's an accuser of the brethren. And he's also an adversary by definition. All right. And the Bible says we're all in this war. Everybody is in this war, whether you know it or whether you don't know it. We're in the war. And the war is over our soul, our eternal soul. And we all have an eternal soul. Whether you acknowledge it or don't acknowledge it, it doesn't matter. You have an eternal soul. And you're going to spend eternity somewhere. You only get the Bible only says there's only two places to spend eternity, heaven or hell. There's only two places. There's no purgatory. There's no second chance. There's no reincarnation. None of that stuff. Once your life on earth ends here, your physical life ends on earth, you go straight from here to eternity. And once you go to eternity, there's no getting out of it. If you go to heaven, you're in heaven. There's no leaving heaven. Why would anybody want to leave heaven? you got to be out of your ever-loving mind to ever want to leave heaven. And then there's also, or you go to hell, which is a place of eternal torment, a place so horrible and frightening that God himself, Jesus, when he was on earth, talked more about hell than he did heaven. And when God's talking about hell more than he is heaven, one ought to pay attention because God created hell for the devil and his angels. See, hell was never created initially created for men or women. It was created for the devil and his angels. But when man sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, and that means sin can enter heaven. God cannot have any sin in heaven. I mean, that's you know, the devil and his third of the angels were kicked out of heaven because they sinned. God cannot allow sin into heaven. So if you can't get into heaven because you're sinned, there's only one place for you to go. That's hell. So everybody's born into sin. The Bible says we're all sinners. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we're all born into the sin. If you don't think we're born into sin, I, I want any anybody listening to my voice right now. How many have you? How many of you have had to teach your uh, child the word no? Seriously, how how many of you actually? Hey, hey Johnny. I'm going to teach you a word today, and it's called no. And this is what it means. You don't have to teach your kid to say no. I, I don't remember teaching any of my three kids to say no. Somehow they magically learned the word no, and, and they knew what it meant, and they expressed it. <laughs> you don't have to teach your kid the word no. Why? It's because they're born sinners. That's in, it's in their, it's, it's their, the Bible says you're born into sin. Everybody's born into sin. So sin comes naturally because of your humanity, your, your sinful flesh. That's why you don't have to teach a kid to, to say no. You don't have to teach a kid to do what's wrong. The kid will, will do it instinctively. So, so we, we have an adversary. So we know we're in, in a spiritual walk. So now I'm going to tie this into wrestling. All right. Now, in one corner is us, human beings. We're in one corner. All right? And then the opposite corner, there's the devil. He's in the opposite corner. 
And when the bell, you know, when, when you're born, the bell is rang. And so they, they come out. You know, some people, you know, obviously some people don't realize they're in the ring. And they just sit there and the devil has his way with him. Body slams him. Water, you know, I'm using wrestling terms, guys. Body slams him. Pins on the ground, figure four, the scorpion, suplexing, pile drivers, you know, all that stuff. And they don't realize, they just, they don't realize that he's kicking her butt. And, and we all, and, and if you watch wrestling, guys, in wrestling, there's the, the baby faces and then there's the heels. So you got the good guys and you got the bad guys. Obviously, the devil's the bad guy. And we all know a lot of times in wrestling, the bad guy doesn't always fight fair. He has goons, his buddies, that will come in, interfere in the match. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll trip up the good guy while the referee's not looking. So the devil doesn't play fair, guys. And so he's going to pull tricks on you. He, he'll, he'll, he'll attack you or he'll bring one of his homies in. Either he can bring a demon in or he can bring in another sinner. he bring in another sinner. Like, you know, people get hooked on drugs. Almost every one of them that gets hooked on drugs is because another drug user is out there and say, hey, try this, try this, try this heroin or try this marijuana or whatever, and he get, they get hooked on drugs. Or alcoholism. Hey, man, you got to be drinking to be cool. You know, if you, you ain't cool if you don't come drinking. So anyways, there's a myriad of ways that the devil comes to, to uh, you know, get the three count on somebody, you know, on a human being. And then some people, you know, when some people, he just lies. They believe a lie. They tell him, oh, God doesn't exist or whatever, and they believe it. And they just, and the devil just sits back in the corner while the person goes through the ring, goes through life, and then and they die without Jesus. One, two, three, they're, they're, they're done. The devil gets three count, and then they're done. So, you know, he plays dirty. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where to hit people. It's like some people, have, you know, like they, they, they have a propensity to a certain sin. The devil hits them there, and then they get, they get trapped up in that sin. One, two, three, they're out. So, so, and so, the devil doesn't play fair. Again, if you're, you're in this battle, whether you like it or not, you don't have to believe in Jesus to be in this battle. You're in this battle because simply for the fact that you were born. Once you, once you... We're born, you're in the battle, whether you like it or not. So, so the good guys, you either in the corner by yourself. If you're a sinner, you're in that corner by yourself. You're you're it. And unfortunately, the devil's stronger than you. He's stronger than a human being. Without Jesus, you have no way of defeating the devil. None. He's got you. It, it's pretty much what they would call a... In the wrestling world, a squash match. Uh, if you don't know what a squash match is, uh, YouTube it. Uh, there's a lot, lot of um, historical matches where they would have been squash matches where you know, the, the one opponent never had a chance. He got the bell rang. He got he got out there and, and he just got whooped. Some I've, I saw one on YouTube today. It was like eight seconds. The guy was gone. I mean, clocked one, two, three. Bing, bing, in eight seconds. And fans are like, what? But that's what you call a squash match. A squash, squash match, match. Sorry, I can't pronounce it. Squash match. Squash match. <laughs> Say that five times straight. So anyways, 
That's that's basically when a sinner goes into the ring against the devil. It's a squatch match. The devil comes in, cleans the clock, one, two, three, done. Now, a believer, a Christian in the corner, again, obviously we're, we're still sinners, saved by grace, but we have a tag team partner that we can tap, and, 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 and he's a lot stronger than the devil, much stronger. In fact, he's already defeated the devil. When he uh, went to the cross and rose again, he defeated he, he defeated the devil. He defeated sin, hell, and the grave. And he's in our corner as a believer. Even, and then you know the devil you know comes 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 in. Even the Christians, we're we're in there. He comes in, does his sneaky trick. Sometimes we get tripped up here and there, but but in the corner we we tap in we tap in Jesus. Jesus comes in and he kicks that devil's rear end. And then it's one, two, three, we win because of the victory of Jesus. So the only hope that we that to to beat the devil is Jesus Christ through salvation. And that and that salvation is available to anybody, everyone. Everyone can be saved. They only have to admit that they're a sinner, believe in the gospel, believe that Jesus you know, came to came, was born of a virgin. He came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He came to Earth, and he lived a sinless life, and he went to the cross for our sins. The third day, he raised from the dead to, to, to prove that he is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior, and that he's coming again. He's coming again someday, and that's our blessed assurance. He's coming back, and and, and that gift of salvation is open to anybody. Who will who will receive it? It's a major decision, guys. Though you know, a lot of times we, we don't you know really go into the subject of salvation. Uh, that that's more than just a five second prayer. Yeah, I mean you can you can you can get saved with with a five second prayer, as long as your 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 heart's in the right place and you know that you know the 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 decision that you're making. And. And there's a there you know that's this is what's not talked about in a lot of churches and stuff you know about what salvation is. It's a major decision. You know you know it you know it's you're you're you know you're you know, I'm, I'm, everybody has a car right or, or something with a title right. I have a truck. I ha- it has a title. The title says I own my truck. Nobody else has a right to my truck because my name's on the title. Okay. Now, when you're getting saved, now, like when you're getting saved, you're handing that, you're signing your title to your life over to Jesus Christ. That's a lot. That's a lot of significance, because you don't. Once you sign the title of your vehicle over to somebody else, you don't have rights to that vehicle anymore. It's no longer yours. You have no say whatsoever with what can be done with that vehicle anymore because it's no longer yours. The person you signed the title over to now owns your car or truck or vehicle. The same thing goes when you get saved. You're signing the title of your life over to Jesus Christ. Now Jesus Christ owns you. You belong to him. And he says what to do and what not to do. And because he owns you, you're you're now obedient to him. He that's what making him your lord is. When you get saved, you're making Jesus Christ your lord. 
And that's what's missed in a lot of people when they get saved. They don't understand that when they're getting saved, it's not just a five-second prayer to make me feel good about myself. It's a major decision that, hey, I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. And that price was the blood of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ paid for you with his blood. And when you're making that decision to get saved, you're making a decision that I'm going to surrender my the rest of my physical life to Jesus Christ. And I am going to make him Lord. Here He owns me. I am not my own. And I am going to dedicate the rest of my life in honoring and serving him. And a lot of people, when they say the five second prayer, they don't, they don't, they don't sign the title over. They just, please forgive me, and and, and, and nothing changes. They go back to the sinful life that they, they just they were in before they said the five second prayer. And so a lot of people around the world will say that five second prayer, but will be just as lost as they were before they said the prayer. Because they didn't make the decision. They didn't make that decision. It's a decision, guys. When Jesus called the disciples, come follow me, they had to make a decision. They didn't say a five-second prayer and said, you know, Matthew was a tax collector. He didn't say a five-second prayer and still continue, still continue to collect taxes. He got up and he followed, he left. He left his life behind and followed Jesus Christ along with the rest of the disciples. And 11 of the 11 of the disciples were killed, martyred for their decision to follow Jesus because Jesus commanded them to go and spread the gospel to the world. And they did. And that service eventually cost them their life. But they gained eternity. They gained eternal life in the process. Of course, I mean, not every one of us is going to be called to go to that extent. Some of us may. I mean, there's Christians around the world that do, do die for their faith. You know, Luckily in America... We're even pretty much uh, cushioned from a lot of that persecution. But there are a lot of places in the world where somebody says, I'm a believer, I believe in Jesus, and they get executed for doing that. There are places. <clears throat> I was in Saudi Arabia, and the penalty for being a Christian in Saudi Arabia is getting your head cut off. That's in the, it's in the books. <coughs> so, anyways, it's a decision, guys. But it's the best decision you'll ever make. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Because I cannot understand how anybody could go through life without Jesus. The life is crazy, man. It's getting crazier. It's getting crazier. As I said, Jesus is coming back soon, guys. And I believe that the time for game playing is going to be over very soon. Because with the way the things are happening around the world, I... I, I, I my personal conviction, my conventional, my professional opinion, my conviction is that Jesus is coming back soon. And the time to make the decision for Jesus is now, not tomorrow, not next year. I don't care if you're 15 or 20 years old. You may think you have 60, 70 years left. You don't know. I've lost uh, three friends in the, since Thanksgiving of 2020. And it's not even been a year yet. I've lost three friends. Uh, to COVID and you know didn't you know you, you, you see them one day and then they're gone the next and I know a lot of people around this country a lot of people listening to my voice probably in the same boat they, they knew somebody one day and the next day they were gone this this pandemic has 
hit a lot of people's lives. And so there's a lot of people that have lost loved ones and friends and associates to this, to this virus. One day here, next day gone. And that could have been you. That could have been me. You know, you know, I mean, I had a, I had a friend that had a heart attack last weekend. I mean, didn't know. I don't think I don't even think anybody saw that coming. But thank God that God brought him through it, and he's healed, and he's doing better. He's back home. But again, you don't you know, you don't know when these things happen. I mean, it could have went the other way. I mean, he, he could have been walking the streets of gold right now, streets of glory, walking with Jesus right now. It, it could have just happened just as easy as him being back. So, you know, it just shows you guys how, how, how fragile our lives are. And that's what I'm saying. The devil's in the one corner. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's doing in the ring. When you're in the ring with the devil, which everybody is, again, I'm tying us back to the wrestling, you're in the ring with the devil. The devil's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. If you're a sinner, he's, his goal is to take you to hell. If you're a Christian, his goal is to keep you from, take, from reaching other people, to get them saved and away from hell. So he wants to destroy a Christian's testimony. He wants to destroy a Christian's credibility. He wants to keep you ineffective for the kingdom. He can't take your eternal soul. But he, he can work to keep you being effective for reaching others for Jesus. So and his goal for the sinner is obviously to get them dead so he can get, take them to hell. And so he's got to keep you from reaching them. He doesn't want to lose his souls that are going to hell. So that's the spiritual battle. We're in that ring. And it's again, the devil plays dirty. And he's going to use all kinds of tricks. And he's a master of deceit. And so... And, he's, and a lot of people have believed his lies. And they're in the ring. And, and, and unless they come to Jesus, they're going to get one, two, three, ding, 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 and off to hell they go. And, and, and again, this, this, this life, is, this is no joke. The devil's playing for keeps. He's, he's, not, he's not joking. And, we sh- and as Christians, we should be playing seriously. We should be serious about trying to reach as many people for Jesus so they can go to heaven when when the when the one two three ding 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 is done <clears throat> so all right guys wish y'all have a uh, god bless thank you for this listening to episode uh, one of season two of voice in the modern wilderness we're going to try to re-kick this uh, podcast back up and wish y'all god bless and have a great day and see you next time <laughs>